This is a HeadGum Podcast. While Andrew and Craig believe the joy of discovery is crucial to enjoying any well-told tale, they will not shy away from spoiling specific story beats when necessary. Plus, these are books you should have read by now. So it was the, the it was the ninety ninth anniversary of Children's Book Week. So yes. next next year is the one hundredth anniversary of Children's Book Week. You think it's going to be a big one? In that a hundred is a big number. Yeah. Let's just talk about Children's Book Week. Established in nineteen nineteen, Children's Book Week is the longest running national literacy initiative in the country. Every year, events are held nationwide at schools, libraries, bookstores, homes, wherever young readers and books connect. Obviously, young readers love this show, which is Overdue, a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew, and young children and teens just love our wholesome book discussions. And so, in celebration of the fact that last week was Children's Book Week, this week is Children's Book Week on Overdue. It's an unaffiliated, <laughs> separate program that's only been running for like four, three or four years. Our show? Our, our version of Children's Book Week, which is also called Children's Book Week. I think we should call it something else. Children's Book Week brought to you by Overdue. Children's Book Day after Children's Book Week. Children's Book Week 2, because it's the bo- the week right after the uh, first one. All good children's books are part of franchises, mm-hmm. so that's a good, good tie-in, mm-hmm. where we are setting up a, fr- a long-standing children's franchise of children's book-focused podcasts. Children's Book Week in the Chamber of Secrets. Children's Book Week and... Uh, the lem- what is the lemony snicket thing called? A series of unfortunate events. I thought I was gonna say unforgettable regrets. That's not what it's. <laughs> that is the description of our podcast, though. Unforgettable regrets. So this week Andrew for children's for children's book week two, which is similar to children's book week and happens around the same time, mm-hmm. but is unaffiliated. Again, officially can't stress that enough. Uh-huh. Not affiliated with Children's Book Week. Mm-hmm. Craig, you read, and then I also decided to read because I wanted to, Mrs. Pigglewiggle by Betty McDonald. Yeah. You you just like, I, I don't want to knock your recommendation because it was a good recommendation, but you were so excited about your recommendation. I wanted you to read it. No, but you were so excited that you also had to, like, the train started leaving the station and you realized you wanted to be on the train also. I thought it would just be fun. And then it was. Well, it remain, we still have to do the podcast, so we can't call it fun before it's happened. Mm-hmm. I had fun reading the book again. Well, why did you tell me to read it? Let's start there. So I'm going to flip the it, script on you because you're trying to make it like it's my show, but it's also your show because you also show, read together. the book. Children's Book Week 2. Well, we take um, t- every week one of us reads a book and we take turns telling the other person about it. And Andrew decided to break the script because he wanted to read this book that he told me to read. <laughs> so one day we will get to the meat of the podcast. But first we have to explain the podcast to each other. Now, Andrew, <laughs> tell me why you read this book that you told me to read. Now, this time or originally... 
now that the original making... the original well i i suspect to the be original honest, time that i read it okay. i suspect that the two are linked Mm-hmm. I suspect that because you read it the first time, you have feelings about it, which is why you read it this time. So tell me about the first time. Okay. Um, the first time I read it, so these books, um, it was a, it's part of a series written by Betty McDonald. This particular one is the first one in the series, and it was published in 1947. And so my mom read this when she was a kid. Okay. And then it was one of the many series that I was introduced to by her. Sure. What are the other series that your mom introduced to you? Uh, Narnia, Lord of the Rings are the big, big ones, I think. Um, my mom also bought me, but didn't originally read um, the the Lloyd Alexander Prydane books and, oh, yes. the, and the Redwall books. Okay. My so mom, she, mostly, whoever she was talking to, she she was she with didn't it. Do what to do. I know your mom's mostly is like Stephen King and Rice. And yeah. and Steve, well, no, I don't. I don't know how much Anne Rice. That was mostly my sister, but I think I got most of my Stephen King books from my mom's shelf, whether or not she knew about it. Um, so, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, as you said, is 1947. Uh-huh. Betty McDonald was born in 1907 and died in 1958. Yeah, 1907 or 1908. There's some some dispute because um, because her birth she gives her birth date as March 26, 1908, but the census records <laughs> suggest that it happened in 1907 instead. So it's in there somewhere. I, yeah, I think she's like one of five. Her parents. She was born in Colorado. Her parents moved around the Western United States before settling in Washington. But like her dad died when she was 12 and then their family fell, fell into poverty. And it just like in an errant census record seems to set up this like family that dealt with unfortunate misfortune. <laughs> right. Um, and then, so she was living in Seattle and then she, I wrote, she like wrote this book and this gets to the rest of her biography, I think from when she, uh, you know, came into her adulthood. She wrote this book called The Egg and I. Uh-huh. That is a memoir. And this is apparently a very, very successful book. Um, and it was published in 1945. It was a memoir about her experiences living on a chicken farm in Washington state with her first husband. And she lived there for four years. And it's like a, autobiographical like humorous humorous memoir yeah i had never heard never heard of it somehow like i was expecting her biography to be mostly mrs piggle wiggle focus and instead it's like mostly this egg book yeah (laughs) but um it's it's (laughs) so yeah it was adapted very successfully if you so have you ever heard of ma and pa kettle which I don't know that I have. I have. I'm like not familiar with them, but I had heard of them. Sure, like they they are idiomatic to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Um. So those characters come from this book, and they are like this egg and I book. Yeah, they are like the neighbors of the t- of like her and her husband, and she paints them as these like backwater country bumpkins which they are hill, yeah hillbillies with the, a million billion kids who yeah she did have to like there was a settlement when those people came and were like hey we don't like how we're being portrayed um also probably not out of step with the time uh it sounds like her depiction of native americans from that area of the country was pretty off 
mm, like not great mm-hmm. um, as she was writing about where she was living. But honestly, this just reading this description, hillbilly couple with 15 children whose lives turn upside down when they win a model home of the future and a slogan writing contest. It sounds like maybe the Beverly Hillbillies is sure a similar but legally distinct <laughs> idea. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Mom Pa Kettle, they got there were like eight movies about them and like a TV series. Yeah, they were like the, yeah. the earnest of, of their day. Mm, scared stupid indeed. Um mm. so yeah, this first marriage of hers actually went bad. There was a biography of her that came out it was only a couple years ago by Paula Becker where that kind of unearthed a bunch of extra stuff from McDonald's life that included that this relationship turned very abusive. Um, and like there were quotes about him in the divorce papers, like planning to burn down their house and stuff is just, she had to run away. So she took her daughters, ran away to Seattle, tried to forge a life in herself, which is then she got tuberculosis and spent nine months in a TB sanitarium, which she uh-huh. wrote about in a book called The Plague and I, which was also pretty successful. Okay. <laughs> um, and then she got married again. Uh, to Donald C. McDonald, which is a wild <laughs> name for a person. <laughs> yeah, that's a name. Um, and then he was like working at Boeing or something, and then her writing career started to take off. He lost his job, and she became both the breadwinner and like the main like just housekeeper for the family which seems unfair mm-hmm. um becker's autobiography or becker's biography rather had this quote from her from an unpublished essay in my large family being an author or authing as we say rates about the same as gilding cattails or pressing wildflowers first comes wifing vis-a-vis cooking cleaning washing ironing smiling when Smiling when angry and using a pretty voice when I want to shriek. Then comes mothering or complete sublimation of my hurts and slights and insomnia. She seemed like she was under a lot of stress. Yeah, and that's... (laughs) It really sucks to both, like, be breadwinning with your literature but also to live in a family situation where that is seen as the least of your many responsibilities correct amundo and, like and maybe maybe uh somebody donald old donald steve mcdonald is dealing with things in a not super productive way yeah now, now i also think like she had a i think like a 13 year writing career maybe it, i think that's right um late in her life because she died in what did i say 58 from uh cancer right um and so like all of her output was in like the last quarter of her life even though a lot of it was kind of mining all of her experience up to that point she wrote another book called what was it anybody can do anything which is about like living in the depression and getting a job and losing that job book, and getting another book job from Ratatouille, right? Yay! And then she wrote Onions in the Stew, which is another book from Ratatouille, <laughs> <laughs> which was about living during the Second World War. Um, yeah, and then she had like a bunch of kids and a bunch of grandkids, and I think that's where some of these Mrs. Piggle Wiggle stories come from. Yeah. So the original story. So the the original four books are Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Magic, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle's Farm, which. Mm-hmm. I think I thought that was the last book. And the reason I thought it was the last book is because she, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle in this book, she sells her upside down house and she buys a farm 
And then, you know, she helps cure kids of all their many troubles with like animals and like work on the farm. Mm -hmm. But then, so in the actual fourth book, Hello, Mrs. Pigglewickle, she's just back in the upside down house and nobody talks about the farm ever again. I read about that. They just (laughs) like she never had the farm. It just didn't happen. So, yeah, it's very... (laughs) Well, and that's also weird, too, because... So, Richard Bennett did the illustrations for the first book, and the other illustrations illustrations were by Hilary Knight. But the farm one was illustrated by Marie Sendak. And that's like, maybe it's in its own Mrs. Piggleverse. Huh, yeah, maybe. Separate continuity. I don't know. Um, Um, And so, so, those were the original four, and then... For a long time, you know, nothing. Because she died in she died in fifty eight. Yep. And the last of these, I don't know when the last one came out. Um, the last one came out in fifty seven. So yeah, sure. that was pretty much the last thing she she was able to do. So in two thousand seven, this book, Happy Birthday, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, comes out, and I think that was. Um, so the the version that you and I have is is newer than the one that I read when when I was a kid, like new cover, new illustrations, yeah, yeah. like new presentation. And so I think they were all refreshed when this Happy Birthday, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle book came out, just Correct. based on the art style and stuff. It, yeah, but um, at the back cover it says yeah, two thousand seven. That's uh, based on so it's based on one unpublished Mrs. Piggle Wiggle story by McDonald. And then stories written by her daughter Anne based on a notes for other stories. So, you know, it, it feels in a way appropriate that the person who was told these stories originally would would pick up the torch and, and maybe do some more. Sure. Um, and then more recently, like ongoing, there is this series by Anne M. Martin of Babysitter's Club fame. Yeah. And uh, Annie Parnell, who is McDonald's great granddaughter. Sure. Um, called Missy Pig- Piggle Wiggle, and in this in this version of the the what the M P W C U. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle has gone off to find her husband, who is a pirate. Yeah. And so her like niece, I think it's her niece, Missy Piggle Wiggle, comes to town, and also sets children straight. Yeah, I think but there are the, like computers in the original canon. <laughs> Mister Piggle Wiggle is dead, but I don't. Th- she's purposely vague on it, which makes me wonder this what Mister Piggle Wiggle's dark past is. I'm going to tell you right now that the Miss Piggle Wiggle that I just read says that her husband has been dead. He was a I pirate, feel like, but he also see she also tells the kids that he was a pirate and he buried yeah. gold in her backyard. Yeah. I think she's lying. Well, I think she's got a secret story to tell about Mr. Piggle Wiggle, and he's still out there somewhere. It's possible. And they just got like a regular divorce, and <laughs> and that's not like magical. But she doesn't want to talk to a bunch Piggle of Wiggle. like yeah, she doesn't want to like talk to a bunch of nine year olds about it. So she are invented any, this pirate story. Are any of the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle stories about divorce, or are they just about stuff like picky eating and being no, a gossip? All the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle stories are all about Mrs. Piggle Wiggle helping. Lily White families with working absent dads and stay-at-home moms overcome minor child-like parenting issues. Yeah, so we're going to get into that. There is a formula to it, which is very fun. Um, But first, we have to take this quick break. Break. Craig, help. I can't. Website. You need a hand. 
magic wizard shows up. <laughs> hey, Andrew, I am a magic wizard who can help you website. Whoa, Would really? You, do you have a cool idea? Y- yes. Would you like to showcase your work? Yes. Also, How about selling things. products and services? Yeah, I love, I have so many services to offer the entire world. You can do all of these things with Squarespace. You well, what's use... Squarespace website, wizard? You can use Squarespace <laughs> uh, to promote your physical or online business on the internet. They do this by making beautiful templates created by world-class website wizards, powerful e- <laughs> like me. Powerful e-commerce functionality lets you sell anything, even potions. Potions? I, I don't know what states the potions are legal as long in. As, yeah, I'm as not long a as website doctor. I'm a website wizard. I think in most states it's legal to have them but not to make them. You can't, you can't sell them across state lines. Uh, it's also a way to buy domains and choose from over 200 extensions. They've got analytics and SEO. Tell me about SEO, website wizard. It's Be such, as specific as possible. It's the spell I cast to make Google find your website. <laughs> and you don't have to upgrade your website spell ever. The website wizards will take care of it for you. Wow, website Wizard man, this magic sounds too good to be true. Well, there's where you're wrong, Andrew. <laughs> you can use Squarespace to make your website today. Just go to squarespace.com overdue for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Wow! Make, it, a, make it now! Wow! My time's so... running out. Oh no! <laughs> You're disappearing again for another hundred years. There he goes. Oh, bye. Squarespace.com/slash/overdue. Offer code overdue to save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or domain. Okay, Andrew. I've met a bunch of kids, and they all have problems. They and all I need have someone. Problems. To help me fix them. Who should I call? Mrs. Pigwig. <laughs> well, no. First, you should call two of your friends <laughs> with yeah. the, and with really weird names. And then one of, the last one of them tells you to call Mrs. Pigwiggle. Yeah. So did you remember this formula in the interim between when you like rem- like thinking about Mrs. Pigwiggle and now? I mean, the main thing you remember is usually at least the disease i guess it's a disease <laughs> that these children have sure and maybe the cure but you okay. don't like I, I don't remember the extremely formulaic lead up to to every one of these stories yeah um, now, now this the lead up does make a lot of sense if you think of these as children's stories that would be told perhaps one at a time night to night i was surprised and you to... just gotta get some filler in there to make the kids a little sleepy <laughs> yeah i was surprised that um i didn't find anything that said that the stories had been published separately it makes sense that they were like told separately as a thing that she made up for her kids or anything but like given how formulaic they are it, it, it's it's a, a catch-22 because it like maybe would not help them succeed on their own, but they are pretty self-contained. Like there's not a lot of overlap between the story. There's no, there's not a rich tapestry of like plot 
happening here. No, though there you is know. some like loose continuity where yeah. you see other kids mentioned sure. in subsequent stories. Um, so chapter one, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle herself mm-hmm. is where we are introduced to the character proper. And I did, I always appreciate when a children's book opens with just like an unnamed narrator who's just straight up telling you that they are telling you a story. And uh, like, I expect I might as well begin by telling you all about Mrs. Piggle Wiggle so that whenever I mention her name, which I do very often in this book, you will not interrupt and ask who is Mrs. Piggle Wiggle and then a bunch of other questions about her. I like that she lives in our town, Andrew, Uh which is like maybe terrifying after you finish this book that she's out there. Yeah, she's she's a... A helpful menace. Yeah, she's very small, has a hump on her back. Her hump is a lump of magic, she says. Okay. And it's also uh, convenient for attaching wings if you're a little kid who wants to like play fairy princess. Yeah, sure. She smells like sugar cookies, which is very comforting to children who are sad about something. It's a good like Yankee Candle sort of smell. Um, as we said before, she has no family. She says, okay, this is getting to the point you made earlier, Andrew. I forgot about this. Actual quote from the book. She says that her husband, Mr. Piggle Wiggle, was a pirate. And after he had buried all of his treasure in the backyard, he died. Worth noting that she she says says that. She says that. But really, he's doing a dime up in San Quentin or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. For tax evasion. (laughs) Uh, We mentioned that she lives in an upside down house, which like... So I got questions. Yeah. Coming back to Mrs. Piggle Wiggle as a grown-up, I got questions. Okay. Like, one, what the, what's your insurance premiums like on an upside-down house? That's a good point. This seems Two, like you have to have a lot of liability insurance. Yeah, and, like, also, what's your insurance situation like if you have a bunch of strange kids over at your house playing all the time? That's a good like, point. Like, do, do you need to be... Like board certified in any way to like run a daycare is what she's doing. Does that like constitute a daycare? It feels like I I also don't know um, how Mrs. Pickle makes her money. Well, she's got no I, visible means of support. I feel like if the government knows she exists, then it, then the men in black must be real. Like I don't think an official government agency knows about Mrs. Pickle Wiggle. Ooh, maybe. I think, ooh, maybe it was like the IRS was on her case, and and then. Who calls her on the phone? Oh, it's President Barack Obama. And he's like, Sasha and Malia, man, they're just driving me up the wall with this, with this, I don't know, they love coins and they, they won't stop. Yeah, their numismatist <laughs> behavior <laughs> is big, driving me yeah, nuts. Sasha and Malia are big numismatists. And, and he's like, look, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle, let me be clear. I need your help. And so she helps President Barack Obama. And then she's just square with the government for the rest of her life. It, she she paid her debt back to mm-hmm. the the Obamas. Yeah. Uh, okay. That that works, or it's an X Files situation, or it could be both. <laughs> could be both. Um. Yeah. She, there's like a stuff. There's stuff about how like some parts of her house are upside down. Like her whole house is upside down on the outside, but like obviously on the inside, you can't have an oven upside down. Like that wouldn't work. Right. You can't use an upside down sink and whatnot. I feel and like that sort of punctures the whimsy a little bit, <laughs> but it also makes her kind of practical. So that's sure. that's like a big thing. She's solving people's problems in ways that are maybe not so practical, but she appreciates their practical concerns in ways that you might tell your therapist about yeah, when sure. you yourself grow up. 
Um, no one knows how old she is. She's a she's a being out of time. And in the in the illustrations, what? both in this version and in the one I remember growing up, she's sort of matronly. So so yeah. like maybe fifties ish. Well, I'm I was quoting the book directly. They seem to think that maybe she is. No, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. The book is explicitly does not say how old she is, yes. but that would be my guess, unless she's like an immortal, like time I, yeah. lord, sort of. I think she, yeah, I think she is like a mischievous uh, Mary Poppins. You know that part of Mary Poppins where she's a magic lady, yeah. And like she's so not all of Mary just, Poppins. She's not just a helpful nanny. She is like a legit magic lady. Mm-hmm. It's not just Mrs. Doubtfire, but different. Except Mrs. Pigglewiggle doesn't like insist that the magic didn't happen after it clearly <laughs> happens. She doesn't Men in Black wipe them? Yeah, okay, we're getting somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so she is friends with all the kids in town, but she knows very few of their parents. She says grownups make her nervous. Same. Um, and she meets the first kid in town because the kid runs away from home because she doesn't want to do dishes. Mary Lou. So the, yeah, the Mrs. Pigglewiggle herself chapter. She doesn't. She, not, not all the kids are hanging around her house yet, so she We're, just kind of yeah. lives a solitary life. And Mary Lou Robertson runs to her house. She's like crying in the rain, and she's running away from home because she hates to watch, wash dishes. My mother doesn't love me, she says. She isn't my real mother. She probably got me from an orphanage just to wash her dishes, which is <laughs> <Just> a pretty <laughs> rough thing to say. And this is where we get the first snippet of Mrs. Pigwiggle's, Mrs. Pigwiggle's advice. She says, hey, when I wash dishes... I pretend I'm an enslaved princess, <laughs> and I pretend Yikes. that she doesn't say enslaved, but she does paint a pretty gnarly picture. The word slave does come It comes up, up multiple times. Yeah. Where she's like, hey, here's how to make dishes fun. Pretend you're the captive of an evil witch, and the only way to get free is to make the kitchen spotless. Now, I can see how that's a fun pretend game. It is very much in the Mary Poppins sort of yes. uh, snap the jobs a game. Yes. Sort of. Because then the, like, the next kid comes over and she's like, oh, I wish I could wash dishes. My mom makes me do the beds all the time. And she's like, well, guess what? If you don't do the bed right, you get tossed in a dungeon, like dungeon game. It's very punitive. <laughs> it is very punitive. And it's like, let's raise the stakes on the chores. I just... The, it always flips a switch for me because then Miss Pigwiggle will like come down from upstairs in a crazy witch costume, and I just don't know if she's really a witch or Miss Pigwiggle's just playing. Well, she's pretend. just playing pretend for the benefit of the kids, I think. Okay, that's. But this, I think, this does like these particular cures. I don't think most of the other cures in the book don't follow this exact like sort of hands-on format, but these cures speak to the same thing that like running apps that give you experience points yeah. speak to like or, or house cleaning chore apps that give you experience points like yes you, you mrs pigglewiggle is gamifying things before gamification became all the rage yeah here's a here's just a block so a bunch of kids are now partying in mrs pigglewiggle's house and she has just shown them how fun chores can be um, and one or two of them like verge they verge on problematic in the way that like 
video games are problematic. So she showed Bobby how to sneak out and get the fireplace logs without being caught by Indians. She showed Dickie how a lawnmower is really a magic machine that mows down the enemy millions and billions at a time. Yeah, that one is a little something, huh? She taught Max how to take out the ashes without making a sound and without leaving a trace to show the train robbers who were on his trail that he and the sheriff had camped there that night. That's like the close, like, okay, I'm playing small town sheriff in the wild west a lot of these though are like if you don't do your chores you'll die yeah what if we play what if we play a game where if you don't do the chores you die (laughs) okay cool can i come over tomorrow mrs piggle yeah let's i'm gonna invite all my friends over to mrs piggle wiggle's house (laughs) and then the end of the first chapter we get the first phone call from a mother who needs help and then we get a list of all the cures that she's going to tell us about in this book and as we alluded to each cure follows like a very basic structure that is kid has a thing they don't want to do or a thing that they do that they shouldn't the parents freak out and call multiple other parents it's always the mom who calls Mrs. Piggle she's staying at home while the while the man goes out and earns the bacon or is yeah. that bacon and then uh mrs pigwiggle presents some sort of trolley cure that inverts what the kid is already doing and weaponizes it against them <laughs> um many of them fall into the realm there's an episode of king of the hill that revered mike judge cartoon oh boy um where i think hank the salesman of propane and propane accessories catches his son bobby smoking a cigarette Mm-hmm. And he makes Bobby smoke the whole pack. Now that's just, that trope was not invented for King of the Hill. It's just the version of the story I know the best. Right now, there there is a version of of this punishment that exists. Like I don't know, like Matilda, where when Bruce eats that piece of chocolate cake, and then the Trunchbull makes him eat the whole cake in front of the whole school. Yeah, it's like, oh, you want that? Why don't you have it till you're sick of it? Is most of what Miss <laughs> Wiggle. It's also every other Twilight Zone episode. I feel like the trope is pretty well established. <laughs> okay, that's a good point. It, it's just what, it, what if you had to do the thing you like forever? forever. <laughs> just in the context of like teaching kids lessons uh-huh. and like impulse control, and uh, so these, so all the stories, and we should go through them as as we are interested to do so, Andrew, because I think they're all kind of fun. Um, they do like touch on what the word that Ms. Piggle Wiggle usually uses is a disease of some kind that is mostly just like kids need to learn how to function in the world. And it's usually some sort of like they don't get how their actions impact other people. And so she forces them to confront that directly. Or they like know how their actions impact other people, but they don't care. They don't. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. It's just like normal, normalish kid stuff. Yeah. I think. So should we just go through them? So, yeah. So how many? There are at least what? Like half a dozen? Yeah. Something like that. And I'm, I'm um, less interested. There's one or two that I'm like a little less interested in, but I do, some of them are just wild. Yeah. Okay. So, so there are seven separate cures in this book. The one thing I wanted to call attention to before you get into it, like whatever your famous, your favorite cure is. Yeah. Is my favorite thing upon a reread of this book is that all of the, so every, pretty much every story has the mom with the problem calling a couple of other moms. Oh, yeah. Trying to track down a solution before 
somebody tells her, oh, hey, try Mrs. Pigglewiggle. And the names that Betty McDonald gives some of these throwaway moms is <laughs> the best stuff. Um, so this is, she's calling... I think Throwaway uh, Moms is my favorite Philip Roth novel. <laughs> um, she's calling uh, Mrs. Brown, which is not a fun name, but Mrs. Brown's daughter is named Prunella. Uh-huh. Then she calls Mrs. Grotto, whose daughter's name is Paraphernalia, which uh- <laughs> is like 420, I guess. And then um, she calls Mrs. Broomrack. Yep. Which is good. Um, there's another... Yeah, Broomrack's um, son the, is Cormorant Broomrack. Cormorant Broomrack. Um, <sighs> Mrs. Crankminer <laughs> is very good. Mrs. Wingsproggle. And her daughter, Pergola. Pergola Wingsproggle. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'm trying to think. Okay, Pergola so sounds like a thing you get if you ate bad lettuce, like bad yeah. E. coli lettuce. I mean, Pergola is an architectural feature. Which is also like, why would you name your kid that? Um, it is. Fu- this is the part where you were. T- you said earlier, like they kind of fluff the stories out a little bit, but I think it actually like helps to if you were reading this to a kid, like one story at a time. Like this is the goofy part where you and your five year old just get to giggle about names for yes, uh, like right, a page. Exactly. Yeah. Like oh, these and some of them like talk in purposely silly ways like they either over enunciate words or yeah, you give, the, give the parents a chance to do a voice yes there's lots like of we have voices. great great fondness for doing the voices if we do we do um so it starts with the stories start with one hubert prentice who uh needs the won't pick up toys cure because hubert because he won't pick up his toys <laughs> yeah get it <laughs> and he just gets all these toys I think from his grandpa, and he just leaves them out all over the place. He never cleans them up. And it's getting to a point where the mom can't take it anymore. And she calls, you know, some other moms. They don't have the same problem. So they're like, why don't you call Miss Piggle Wiggle? She seems to know all these kids and what they're up about. Like, she probably is on Snapchat with them or whatever. You talk to her. (laughs) She will help you out. And she's like, here's the deal. Don't clean up after him. Just, like, let it go. And over the course of a week, the kid, like, can't even sleep because there's just toys in his bed. Like, I don't really understand. Things get so messy. And so Mrs. Pigglewiggle <laughs> says, like, usually this takes 10 days, but for Hubert it might take seven because yeah. he has so many toys. <laughs> Let him just make a big old mess until he can't get out of his room anymore. Feed him using the rake and the garden hose. Uh-huh. And then call me and I'll I'll figure out the rest. Well, she she calls him and she's like, It's been a really bad week and I don't know if I can feed him. And Mrs. Pigglewig is like, just wait. Tell him to open the window. You put a piece of rather dry bread and peanut butter on the garden rake. He will have a drink out of the hose. Tie it has to, to the not rake. be it has to stop being fun to be up there. Yes, and so there's this awesome illustration of his of Hubert's very hairy dad uh, tying <laughs> a hose to a rake and spraying his son in the face with it while his mom holds a second rake and just yeah. looks worried. The illustrations in this book, it's like the stories are from the 40s, the illustrations are from the 2000s, but everyone's dressed like it's the 70s. 
Yeah. I feel like yeah, he's wearing bell bottoms. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's a strange fusion of of different fashions. And then, uh, so he's clearly having a bad time up there, but he still won't come down. And then Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and this happens in two or three of the stories. Mrs. Pigglewiggle intervenes, or you know, I, maybe that was the plan all along. She yeah, puts, like sometimes, sometimes she doesn't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes she comes personally and delivers the finishing blow. Sometimes there's like some prop comedy involved where there's <laughs> there are like a bunch of little locks or some yep, weird dishes yep. that. Or a parrot, or a mean, nasty parrot. Uh, yeah, we're gonna get to that parrot okay. in a second. Um, and Mrs. Pigwood was like going down the street with all of the other kids, and is like, "Hey, we're having a parade, Hubert. Why don't you come with us to the circus?" Which is like, this town sounds great. And he can't make it because he's stuck in his room with all of his toys. And she puts a ransom note on a rake and like lifts it up to him. And it's like, the only way you can get out of that trap is to put everything where it belongs. If you hurry, we will wait for you, your friend, Mrs. Pigglewiggle. And I know she's trying to actually be his friend, but it's so sinister. <laughs> Just... Is Mrs. Pigglewiggle Jigsaw's mom? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hubert, you can come out of there when you've chopped your arm off. <laughs> Hubert, you love toilets so much. That's why I handcuffed you to one. <laughs> Mrs. Jigsaw Wiggle. Um, so then, yeah, she, he cleans up and then everything's fine. Like, there's not a lot of... Most of these stories don't have a lot of, like, post-revelation yeah, There's no, no um, epilogue. Or like yes. denouement to any of them. They all just, and then the child was cured forever. Yeah. So we'll, we'll quickly tell you about the answer backer cure, which is little Mary O'Toole talks back to everyone. Um, she's rude to everybody. Most, if you tell her to do something, she will say, I'm not doing it because you told me to. I'm doing it because I want to. And she always pulls her mouth down and squints her eyes at you. Um, and at one point she's rude during, and this gets to the ineffectual dads that you've mentioned a couple times, Andrew. One point, she's rude to her mom during dinner, and there's just a one-sentence paragraph that says, Her father looked as though he might be going to give her a spanking, but then he noticed that it was time for the news, so instead he went into his study, turned on the radio, and lit his pipe. He got really close to doing some parenting, but luckily the news was on. But also, this book is from the 40s, so there's a lot of corporal punishment in the parenting. Which I am not down with. There's one particular one oh. where, so this is in the um, the selfishness the cure. selfishness cure where a kid named Dick won't share any of his stuff with anybody, and the mom calls the dad, being like, "I don't know what to do with this kid," and the dad says, "Do you? I'm really busy at work, but do you want me to get a cab home and beat the crap out of him?" Thrash is the word that they use. Yes. Which is... Do you want me to come home and thrash Dick? Is what he says. And you're like, Dad, no, no, <laughs> maybe no. not. <laughs> um. So the answer backer cure, like the, the cure, is this jerk parrot named Penelope, who's only rude to kids, and. <laughs> When little Mary offers it some like milk and cookies or something, it says, give me a bite, pig. And then it's just mean to her for a few days. It's a very fat, shamey sort of. Now, there's yeah. no teen version of Mrs. Pigglewiggle that deals with Mario Tools like body dysmorphia that she has now. But... I know. <laughs> um, there. Oh, I wonder how Mrs. Pigglewiggle would deal with online bullying. I don't know. That might be too if much you go for her. By the, if you go by the template. 
that oh, every like one of these Russian cures, she'd farm. be like, let everyone bully you. Invite no. more bullying. She would like release your unsalted passwords on a, the, on a paste bin doc. Her thing would be to find the the kid who's doing the bullying and fix them. Like go yeah. to the source and fix it. Yeah. Um, so the, the parrot's super mean and then that, that cures Mary O'Toole because she's like, how could I be so mean to people? I'm going to shut this bird up. Um, the selfishness cure, which you talked about, there's this kid named Dick who won't let anybody touch his stuff and <laughs> the solution is to put his name on everything with this signs labels. that say don't touch to the point where the entire student body is making fun of him and yelling don't touch Dick. Well, because... <laughs> no comment for one yes um you're not gonna get me this time okay um but yeah to the point where mrs Pigglewiggle gives dick's mother uh like a frosting bag so she can write don't touch on like his sandwiches and his apple and stuff and then, yeah so like this is one of those stories that does not deal with the fallout because he gets ridiculed by the everyone he goes to school with Literally everybody. Literally everyone is chanting his name and saying, don't touch. And he's like, you know what? I don't even care. Anybody can eat my food. Like, I don't even care. Just like Just play please, with my please, toys. Please, please, please stop making fun of me. Please. This is this is horrible. I hate this. Please stop making fun of me. And that's it. Like, then we move on. He's I, he says uh, like he, he'd love to share something with Mary O'Toole. And then. That's it. They just send the the padlocks that they use to lock up all his stuff back to Mrs. Pigglewiggle, and we don't touch base on his enormous like therapy bills. I get like, does she have to talk so to there, all those other kids too? No, that so that you do get one scene like after he decides, okay, this is enough. I'm I don't want to shine a light on my selfishness anymore, and he takes all the labels off of stuff, and so the kids come to make fun of him. And they see that he doesn't have the labels anymore. And so they take in this new information and decide not to make fun of him anymore, which is exactly what kids, real kids do. Yeah, definitely. No one would kids ever. Kids don't remember something you did in fourth grade and then make fun of you until you move away to go to college. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's. I don't. This is not how kids operate, which I... in a way is like quaint and sort yeah. of optimistic and sweet but is not true to my childhood experience so much this this is the one of the stories that if i were to read it to a kid that i like a hypothetical child that i have like i would need to debrief this story i think a little bit maybe this is one of the ones you skip or something yeah or just when they're a little bit older maybe and then we get (laughs) when you're old enough to deal with the psychic trauma (laughs) of the selfishness cure (laughs) then we get to the radish cure which is one of the more i for lack of a better word farcical or magical or at least kind of like children's book looney tune yeah like so so in this book most of the cures are realistic at least insofar as you could with enough time and effort and money recreate each of them in real life now the mean jerk parrot who's only mean to kids <laughs> would be the hardest one to recreate but theoretically possible yeah um, it's only in later books like i think mrs Pigglewiggle's magic in particular 
where she starts to have like, oh, here's like a magic powder that will make you oh, sure. unable to like criticize people or something. Like I don't remember what the thing okay. is. But this this book mostly focuses on practical effects and then later she gets into the like ILM <laughs> cures. <laughs> sure. What's what's yeah, it's like the whoever works for Peter Jackson. Down. Mm-hmm. She's going. She's doing books the down with the weight or whatever. Yeah, she's yeah. got Andy Circus as Mrs. Piggle Wiggle <laughs> with the dots on his face. He deserves an Oscar. He'll tell you. Um, so the really? little Patsy doesn't want a bath chapter of the her name is Patsy. Book. She's not yes. a Patsy. No, she is not a Patsy. Her name is Patsy, and she, within a manner of days, gets so dirty. So the pro- so her mom is like, hey, it's like Ms. weeks and weeks. Is it? I thought it was days. No, it's it's weeks. Because okay, at the, like at the helps. end of the at the end of the first week, she's she's too grimy to like go to church or whatever, and then the weeks continue, and she so, so <laughs> Mrs. Picklewiggle says to let her not take a bath until she has a half inch of topsoil on her, and then you plant radish seeds on her. And then a few days later, you harvest the radishes. Yeah. There's even a bit where she's like, if you find that she is scaring too many people, let me know. And you could just bring her over here. If you need to bring your weed child to my house. Does Mrs. Pigoil just have like a room in the basement of <laughs> dirty kids who are just can't go out in public anymore? That's the radish room. You don't go in there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like it gets to the point. Where Patsy is so covered in dirt that she literally can't talk. Like there's so much food, like dirt on her face that she, they don't even talk about her like playing in dirt that much. She's just not bathing. She just uh, she just accumulates dirt like a catamari of dirt. Yeah, and so that yeah they plant radishes on her and like leaves sprout out of her forehead. And if you yank on the plants, it like hurts her a little and it's, bit and this part this having plants growing on her and not having so much filth on her that she can't talk is the thing that breaks her yes uh they're pulling radishes out of her putting them in little piles in the dining room table and she yells that she wants a bath and, it, and then it takes she showers the whole day and uses up two whole bars of soap mm-hmm. okay and then she got to eat radishes later for dinner, I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then we have three more stories that kind of wrap up. There's the kids who never want to go to bed. And of course, she, the mom the is told. Is just let them stay up until they're so miserable. And this, th- I felt like this chapter in particular was a personal attack on my <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> I was going to ask. My, my closing was for the episode was which of these kids do you think were you? And I, I certainly think I am of the never want to go to bed yeah issue um you you and i are similar that way uh that that chapter is pretty much standard fare except it's a it's a group of kids the gray children who won't go to bed um and they're told to you know the mom lets them they they really want to play parcheesi and they won't stop playing parcheesi that's the thing i guess parcheesi must have been the super mario of the day because these kids just really want to stay up till 3 a.m. playing Parcheesi. And it finally breaks. So they like, they're suffering from insomnia. They were like out roller skating at midnight and they're so exhausted. They come in and they start trying to play a game of Parcheesi and 
they it they fall asleep before they can even play but it looks like a murder scene the illustration in this book <laughs> there's like what's his With name like two passed out kids and one gleeful kid like larry is like crouched over it's on page 91 if you want to refresh your memory andrew no i know i know i know exactly what you're talking he about he is in a single like cone of light and his two siblings are dead on the Parcheesi board. And he is just like <laughs> wild out from no sleep. Just like, oh, I'm going to win Parcheesi. The Parcheesi murders. Um, and they like they fall asleep in a movie theater and get scared. And they, you know, they realize that their lives are falling apart because they're never sleeping. And so they they get to go to sleep and see my so, so my life is like this except for the part where i reform my ways <laughs> because i don't have anybody to tell me to go to bed at eight o'clock yeah it's just never oh, i know and like the one family goes to bed at 6 30 in this book it's they just farmers they must be farmers they must be farmers um that's the only reason anybody would get up at 6 45 and like teachers i guess they're like farmers of knowledge. Yeah, planting seeds in mm-hmm. kids planting and seeds growing of, radishes. Planting seeds of wisdom in kids, mind dirt and growing Br- brain smart radishes. radishes yeah. Brain radish, knowledge radishes. Um, the last, the second last one is the slower, the slow eater, tiny bite taker cure. So this one I remember the most because I think. The cure is the cruelest and most dangerous. Yeah, this is because one that, this kid that does maybe almost, someone would call CPS. Yeah, like this kid does almost starve to death. He is guilty of his only crime is eating slowly. Now, he's doing it in a way that maybe you should have called a doctor first anyway. Like he is yeah, eating in, in his mother's defense. It was really annoying. <laughs> eating cereal one grain at a time with a fork now i think this is hot cereal i don't think he's like piercing frost described folks. yeah described as mush which yeah maybe i wouldn't want to eat it more than a grain at a time either and it's taking him like hours at a time to even eat a tenth of a meal so she has to like clean up before he can finish and he's starting to lose weight and things are not going great she calls him his pig wiggle she's like nah don't worry it's gonna get rough but just don't stop him just here you go. Here's my here's my novelty plates that you can use to starve your kid, and they are increasingly sm- small in size. Mm. Increasingly small. That's progressively yes. smaller. Um, tiny plates all the way down, da- all the way down, mm-hmm. and she is instructed to put amounts of food on those plates that make sense. So like it gets to like the plate is <laughs> the size of a dollar, and the plate is the size of a postage stamp, and it's like a thimble of orange juice, and he's eating like a crumb of bacon at a time to the point where he is literally. I'd clock this, Andrew, that for one of his last meals, he's literally crawling to the table. Yeah. He is. Now, tra- you would think that. I don't know. I think he gets so hungry that you'd think he would, he would break before he breaks. But I would think so too. Uh, what do I know? I'm not Mrs. Pickaway. Alan was so tired that he had to crawl into breakfast on his hands. Uh, for lunch, he had seven drops of soup, two cracker crumbs, and enough milk to barely moisten his lips. For dinner, he ate one lima bean and drank four drops of milk. He crawled up to bed right after dinner. He had to rest eight times on the way upstairs. This is like a Goosebumps book. Like, he is wasting away... 
Ooh, yeah, it's like it is say cheese and die a little bit mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, this is one where Mrs. Piggle Wiggle rides in. So she apparently the town has a pony that everyone gets to ride. Is it the town or is it Mrs. Piggle Wiggle who has a pony? Um, it's time. It's Alan's turn to exercise the spotted pony. Um, okay. It's unclear whose pony it is. It's just a, it's a communal sort of it's, pony. It's the town pony named Spotty. And it's his turn, and he can barely ride this horse because he's so weak. And he's really sad about it. And his mom convinces him to eat food again. The end of the story. <laughs> it's like he, he eats has food, like a, he goes and he rides the horse, and it's all great. He, he has like a Popeye the Sailor moment where he like eats five meals in ten minutes and is magically healed. Yeah, so and his owns like, that pony. Pig, Mrs. Pigglewiggle doesn't tell him, doesn't doesn't tell his mom how to get out of this hole that they're mm-hmm. digging, Mm-mm. and so she decides, oh, I'm just going to give him all these plates like in reverse order. Yes, to like again working back into it and then he like eats all of it and he's like okay can i have like a real cup of soup and a glass of milk please i don't know why i I guess you would ease him back into it but eh, i don't know yeah i feel like i don't like this one because it's about starving a kid i don't like it at all i feel like his stomach would burst his he's been starving himself i don't know and then the last one is the fighter quarrelers cure which is about twin girls, Anne and Joan, which are Betty McDonald's daughter's names. I think this one is for them. Um, and they're mean to each other all the time. They fight all the time, every day. Uh, and it's getting so bad that the parents talk to Miss Pigwiggle, and she's like, yo, you just got to fight. Just start fighting. Yeah, like, write down every argument they have, and then you guys have those arguments. So we get, like, a little montage where their mom is like, oh, so glad that they yelled at each other again so I can write it down. This is the the story in which the dad is the most active. And I I don't know if that's why I like the parent vibe the most. That they're, like, equals in this one. Yeah. Um... Like, it is, even, it is, it's a little it's a little cute how the mom and dad play off each other to to make their daughter's lives horrible. Yeah, there's even a moment before they've sought out the cure where he comes into the into the kitchen. He's like, "Oh, scrambled eggs again. I was hoping for sausages and buckwheat cakes." And she's like, "We had that yesterday." And he says, "What about brook trout? Bill Smith has him every morning." And Mrs. Russell says, "Perhaps that's why he looks like a trout, and his wife looks like a great big halibut." And you're like, "Whoa, Mrs. Russell!" What? Like one <laughs> sick burn, two. What does that mean? And Mr. Russell's like, "Hey, I think the fact that our daughters are jerks is getting to us. We need to do something about this." Mm-hmm. And yeah, then he's like, "They're fighting over food all the time." He takes the two different like pork chops for dinner up to the bathroom to weigh them on the bathroom scale to make sure that he gets the one that's bigger. <laughs> uh, and it finally it boils over when the girls are like, "Wow, this really sucks." And this, I yeah, mean, this okay. sucks. This one, so like the previous one was a little bit like, "Oh man, you you're starving a kid. This is getting real." And, like, and this one is like, "Oh no, mommy and dad are going to get a divorce and it's definitely yeah. our fault." <laughs> I didn't really like that part. <laughs> like, I know the thing that like they don't even get close to threatening that like explicitly, 
Well, no, because it's like um, 1947, and so nobody did that. Nobody did that. Yeah, it's like they're fighting, and they drop a pie, and the girls are so upset that their favorite pie got broken, and it's because their parents were fighting. But it does have a, like, now the kids are united because the marriage is falling apart. Yeah. What did you do? That's a vibe. Spiggle Wiggle doesn't know her own strength, I don't think. She's, she's, why does she, like, How? does she follow up on any of these kids? I Like, they come over to her house all the time, so I assume she's just kind of checking in with them, like, getting her, her hooks into them. Sure, sure. And, like, building a kid army yeah, or something. Yeah, is there a later book where she, these kids, like, she rise, has them, like, rise up against the government or something? Yeah, like, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle and the class action lawsuit or something. <laughs> So when you were rereading this, Andrew, like any other surprises, any like, oh, that's I remember that's what I really like about this stuff. I you know, I still enjoyed the, the stories. I was a little surprised that of all the ones I actually remember, almost all of them were in this book. OK. And there are three other books in this series at the time that I was reading them. And I read them. I feel like I read them all pretty frequently like i think even mrs pickle wiggles magic might have been the one i read the most often huh because it had the sort of supernatural cures in it but yeah all the stories that came to mind when i thought oh i should make craig read mrs pickle wiggle okay were in this one so the ones that stuck with me the most i think were the kid getting trapped in his room and the kid almost starving and the kid getting radishes grown in her Skin. The radish one it's is like all pretty... the like some of the body horror ones, <laughs> <laughs> and these are like a good first run of. So, like, if you're a kid reading this with your parents, and maybe you don't have a clear memory of this or not, like, I would be interested in the follow up conversations with a kid of like, oh, I know a kid who does that, or oh. Mm, that's like me sometimes like what is that's an interesting dynamic to kind of create yeah i don't know the, that i think the dynamic for me was more like my mom giving me the books and being like hey here's a book i like to have fun yeah 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 yeah. Um, she did not read them to you you read them on your own right and so okay. so there was a um there's a quote in um on npr when the missy piggle wiggle book came out the first one there have been three so okay. Far. Or there have been two published, and then one is coming out. I think in September. Cool. Um, but our friend of the show, Margaret H. Wilson, was interviewed about what she liked about the Mrs. Piggle Wiggle books, and she says, um, "I looked in as a judgy child, and I did not see myself reflected, but I saw my annoying peers punished to the fullest extent <laughs> of the law, and my heart thrilled in triumph." So I think you do like I don't I don't remember specifically doing this, but as a kid, you probably do map people, you know, to at least some of the other kids. right? Sure. Oh, totally. I I do also think that most kids would read this book and just be like, all these kids are jerkos. That's not me. That's I'm nowhere in this book. I'm the good kid just hanging out with Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. You were just the baby and your mom didn't ever have any problem with you, I assume. Yeah. Except when you lied about doing your homework. I lied about doing my homework. I drew on the wall once 
Everybody did that. Every every kid gets one or two or three. Yeah. Every kid gets some of that. Every kid gets some of that. Um, the later books. So like I just I have a list of some of the things that they deal with in the other books. There's like Miss Bigwig's magic. This is one I th- I would like to read. The thought you setter's cure is for deliberately misinterpreting others as a joke, <laughs> which seems really mean. It also, yeah, it seems like a cure that you'd have to give me. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I do that a lot, too, actually. Um, there's one on tattling. There's one like, on... So we, were watching, we were watching MasterChef Junior, right? Oh, tonight, sure. And, mm-hmm. and, and Gordon was like, here, kids, here's how you, you want to score this fish, which means just like cut some slits in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I give it a 7 out of 10. And Susanna was like, what? And then she got it because it took a minute to get it because it was so stupid that I guess she couldn't <laughs> conceive of someone saying it. Anyway, that's the kind of thing. Like, yeah, that's a little. It's related to the thought you said. Or so maybe you would also be interested in a, a story from Happy Birthday, Mrs. Pigglewiggle, which is the just one more TV show cure about sure. television it's a, addiction. It's a <laughs> story for the Netflix age, sure. <laughs> Yeah, so that's there's one just there's one just about chewing gum. So yeah, they get some of them are a little specific, um, but yeah, it's problems that all kids have. Yeah, and I guess need to be cured. I don't know that I love that language either, but what are you gonna do? Any misbehavior will not be tolerated. Yeah, there is a little bit of binary of like, well, that kid was never a jerk ever again. Nope. Kids are good or bad, and Mrs. Pigglewiggle is here to make sure they're good. Yeah, true. Oh, boy. Uh, this was fun. Uh, these are fun books. I like I like this. They're oh, yeah. No, all of our goofing on them is purely because they are eminently goofable and silly, but that's like part of their charm in the first place. So yeah. it's not a critique of the book or making fun of the book so much as it is just being like, wow, this this book, huh? Yep. <laughs> Yep, for the sure. only thing the only thing I think is criticizable, and I think this also applies to the Missy Piggle Wiggle books, is just like white, 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 white. Yeah, white. Lily White. Yep. Um, no, and not necessarily a thing that uh, you can't use the of its era excuse anymore. Yeah, though I think that the newer stories at least have like working mothers in them. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, you still could. Uh, you still could could stand to diversify just a little bit the situation just just a tiny little bit perhaps well that's mrs Pigwiggle. thanks for telling me to read it andrew you're welcome i'm glad we did it for children's book week too our famous podcast our famous podcast children book week that comes right after the regular established children's book week but is not associated with it or affiliated with it in any all. way no 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 yes no. Uh, if you have a favorite Mrs. Piggle Wiggle story, you, the listener, that we didn't get to talk about, um, you should tell us about it. Send us an email at overduepod at gmail.com. You can also like tweet your favorite Mrs. Piggle Wiggle images to it to us at twitter.com slash overduepod uh, or leave us a comment on Facebook, facebook.com slash overduepod. 
thanks to a bunch of folks who reached out to us this past week, including James, Michael, Amanda, Jason, Jess. Ooh, got those mixed up. Christine, Melissa, Emily, Jennifer, Carrie, Leanne, Kelly, Hillary, Becky, Lizette, Katie, Teresa, and Adam. Uh, Andrew, if folks want to know more about our show, where should they go? They should go to OverduePodcast.com, our internet website up there. We have links to Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, and our RSS feed. If you subscribe in Apple Podcasts, do rate and review us because it helps people find the show and it helps us rise on them Apple Podcast charts, and that's how a lot of people find their podcasts. Um, also, I guess welcome people who are finding us through Spotify. I don't know that Spotify has a review mechanism or anything. Not, but. not sure, but, but there's like through people listening to it it is showing up in other people's like find new podcasts right pages. so i guess if i can find a spotify link i should add that to a website too but so far those of you who are finding us through spotify are doing it just fine without that so. yeah if there's a way to subscribe do that and that way maybe other people will find i don't algorithms man algorithms also we have a link to our patreon project it's a way you can support the show financially and uh, get new bonus episodes when they come out uh, a little bit early, um, and also get episodes of our new podcast within a podcast, Stop Homer Time, the first episode of which will be released to the general public at the end of this month. So look forward to that. Next week, um, Andrew, we are hitting one of our classics. We're going to the going to the well so that we have time to prepare for episode 300. What are we talking about next week? We are talking about the Choose Your Own Adventure story, Rock and Roll Mystery. I'm so by, excited. By Jim Wallace. I'm so pumped. And then the week after that, Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. And the week after that, The Power by Naomi Alderman. It's going to be a good month. Thanks for joining us here on Children's Book Week 2. Children's Book Week 2, another successful one. Put it in the can. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next Children's Book Week 2, try to be happy. That was a HeadGum Podcast.